The date is Friday, July 30th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. A burlesque is a literary, dramatic, or musical work intended to cause laughter by caricaturing the mannerisms or spirit of serious works, or by ludicrous treatment of their subjects. The word derives from the Italian burlesco, which in turn is derived from the Italian burla, a joke, ridicule, or mockery. But you know what's not a joke? The hard work that goes into those shows. We brought on Hattie from Cincinnati's own Smoke and Queers to talk about all things burlesque and drag, as well as putting on a burlesque show. So enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite show on the internet, encapsulating all things entertainment. Let's entertain this. Entertain this. As always, I am Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Chloe. And I think I may have forgotten to do that last week. It feels like I forgot to. It's weird to call uh, it you've out. You've been on a good streak. A week later. Yeah. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't remember. But I feel guilt and anxiety about it. So I think I might not have. <laughs> and if I did, do you want to just I'm do sorry. it again and then you can re- like atone for the one that you missed? I know for a fact that on your first episode, Chloe, when you started kind of hosting with us, I made us do it twice, and I definitely included both of them because we were trying mm-hmm. to get the the feel of adding your name in there to associate right. the beat. So I definitely have an extra one in the gun in case I forgot. So I think overall we're about even on whether so or not. So you can be absolved of your guilt. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. If somebody has the holy water of podcasting, which I'm pretty sure is just like a vitamin water or something, please. <laughs> it's monster. Please come in. Yeah. That's true. Please come in, absolve <laughs> me of my uh, podcast sin. Anyway... Thank you. Does that steam raising off of me? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm possessed. It felt right. <laughs> if it felt right, it must have been right. Anyway, um, the month of July, the beautiful middle of summer, what we all look forward to all year round is sadly, but uh, unstoppably coming to a close. Uh, we are finding ourselves at the very end and to celebrate the going of every month, as we so often do, this sounds like a eulogy, uh, <laughs> we have a guest that we're going to bring on and hopefully clear up some of the dead air I created from this eulogy. Now, Chloe, we actually <laughs> assigned you the honor and respect of finding us a guest for this month, since you mm-hmm. so aptly s- stood in the place of Nick as host, and we wanted to open the opportunity to you to bring on someone so I'm going to let you take the helm from here to introduce our guest for this month. I met this lovely person because of the Cincinnati Fringe Festival. A little bit of a plug here. We both did a show called Texas Annie, Legend of the Moan Ranger. And you are meeting Annie herself, Hattie themselves, the the myth, the legend, the gay disco cowboy. Wow. <laughs> Was that good? So, (laughs) hold on. We so we prep before these episodes. I want to be clear. We do talk before these episodes, and Mm -hmm. uh, we talked to Hattie, and never did it come up that they were the official Texas Annie. I didn't know that we had the Texas Annie on our show. (laughs) That's huge, actually. Yeah, for our visual audience. 
this is let's let's give let's give a little bit of clarity let's give a little bit of clarity to our to our audio audience as to Mm. what exactly texas annie was slash is um i'll leave it to you to you two to sort of give a brief (laughs) synopsis since you both participated in the show Yeah, so once upon a time in a land called Texas, they passed a law that um, says you can't have six or more sex toys or it's a felony. So our writers... Also selling, distributing, that kind of thing. All the things, all the things. Um, So anyway, our writers found that law out and wrote this little show about it. It was originally supposed to be a screenplay, but Hollywood was like, "Mm, we're not really vibing it. So (laughs) turn it into a stage play. And a musical, in fact, a musical. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) it gives it gives Rocky Horror vibes in a way. It's camp. It's so camp. It was fun. (laughs) It was really fun. Yeah, Yeah, so we put that show on through the Cincinnati Fringe Festival, and we might be doing it later this year, uh, possibly remounting the show. But it's remounting was sex positive. Remounting was something you chose. I use that word so intentionally, okay? I wanted to make sure that it (laughs) wasn't an accident, but remounting is definitely like if. It's kind of. No, it's intentional. It's it's giving (laughs) SpongeBob rehydrated vibes, like Texas Annie remounted. And that's just like <laughs> that's so incredible for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. Great. Yeah. Oh, specifically the show. Like Annie is a person who starts delivering sex toys. I don't think I mentioned that, but anyways, she becomes was... the Moan Ranger because her trunk's yeah. full of dildos. I see. The Moan mm-hmm. Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> I I think this is the show that I think we we went and saw it together, Alex. We went and saw. We did a, we did a benefit in 2019 or early 2020. I was yes. drunk. Oh, early 2020. Okay. I was drunk. Mm-hmm. It was my birthday, and I did not That's purchase right. a felt Trump puppet that night. But had I, I think I'd be on a different path than I'm on now. <laughs> I think my life would have altered entirely had I received that puppet. Two branches. Yeah. Bought the puppet, didn't buy the puppet. <laughs> yes. And they're very different, both very exciting. Um, but I think... So actually, when we did that benefit in 2020, that was also a drag show. That's that the was. one drag show I've ever been to. Yes. Drag and burlesque. Yes. Drag and burlesque. Yes. Everyone. Oh, let's start True. there. Oh, that's a great jumping off point. So there's a, there's a huge difference, I would say, between drag and burlesque. But it's important yes. to indicate drag and burlesque instead of just a drag show um do you want to kind of walk us through that just so we better understand because like i said and i kind of started this um i almost coached them by saying we know nothing so we're coming in yeah. completely <laughs> blind specifically like show us how to get to sesame specifically like think of me as like the perfect o- like audience for this learning uh that you're about to put on because yeah. i am like privileged white conservative grown-up kid uh who has beginning begun to found himself as an adult we wanna, uh, who who knows nothing about any of this shit we want to ask <laughs> all of the uh, i don't know this and now i'm too afraid to ask questions yeah <laughs> it's too late it's too late to ask so so yeah let's start with that because i there wasn't i don't think you were offended but there was a like very cautionary warning to the whole like drag versus burlesque thing and so i'm gonna be like okay what's the difference yeah so i would say 
Both are like performance pieces, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, drag is more of um, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> it's more about exaggerating features. So you have drag kings and drag queens, and drag queens are more like exaggerating, but also um, admiring the features of like female or like let me say femme instead and then drag kings are exaggerating but um admiring masculine yeah and oftentimes with drag kings a lot of the times i see that people are playing with gender identity a lot of them are probably trans in some way or non-binary drag queens You'll see the same where people are just playing with gender identity, but I wouldn't say that a lot of drag queens are trans. I might be wrong on that, but I don't know what the statistics are, but that's what I usually find. Now, burlesque, on the other hand, burlesque is like a fancier form of stripping. Mm. It's like a more um, socially acceptable stripping. So, a lot, like traditional burlesque will have very fancy costumes, Everything's rhinestone and bedazzled. We've um, seen burlesque with Christina Aguilera and Cher. Right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like that, but not at all. <laughs> okay, well, that... <laughs> I know that that movie is, like, ridiculous and also camp, yeah. but... I love it. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> if you've seen, like, Mrs. Maisel, the newest season that actually brings on burlesque performers, and... Oh, my parents love that show. Yeah. Some of that is, like... I don't know how they could do that unless you're in, like, a Las Vegas burlesque show, but I would say that's probably more comparable in the media to what real burlesque or, like, traditional burlesque is. Now, if you come over in Cincinnati, we got a little thing called Smoking Queers. We do not do traditional burlesque. We just come up with some random-ass things and take our clothes off. Like, it's fucking wild. (laughs) I I love it. And when you say come up with a random-ass thing, you mean, like... Like somebody dress up as Pooh, oh, like nice. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, ruined nice. Ruined our okay. childhood. Killed Tigger on stage. Poured fake blood all over themselves, but twerked. Okay, like it's one of my favorite acts I've wow. ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's unhinged. And that Disney was, was worried be... about it reaching public distribution. <laughs> all right, yeah. So maybe I should call that like Winnie the Pooh or no, something. No, no, no. So there's not like Disney is Disney. <laughs> it's public domain. It's public now. domain. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Winnie goodness. the Pooh is public domain, <laughs> so that's why there's that horror movie coming. Yep. Yeah, because it's public domain. Have you seen the trailer? No. What are you talking about? It's fucking weird. Look it up after this. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? Um, um, it's like, hold on, I'm the fact checker. I think it's so. called like <laughs> Blood and Honey. Blood and Honey. Yep. There it is. Yeah. Winnie is it about Pooh? Winnie the Pooh? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, honey. The the plot is Christopher Robin has abandoned the toys. Uh, in the Hundred Acre Woods, and they come looking for him because they're hungry because no one's fed them, and they eat people. <gasps> yep. And there are absolutely terrifying masks. Uh, your classic, like, slasher mask, but it's orange, or it's like a yellow bear. This is a very uh, real thing, folks. You can look it up. So. Oh my god. It's nuts. That's what happens when Winnie the Pooh becomes public domain. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was based off of a book first, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The book series book is series precious. Disney Sorry. has never written an original script. We can all agree on that, right? <laughs> right, right. Um. Anyway, getting back yeah. on on topic. Um. 
<laughs> one of the things that sort of interested me within that first question about um, drag versus burlesque, more so honing in on the drag part, um, people kind of experimenting with gender identity and stuff, but to that point, none of that is gender exclusive. Like, right. it doesn't matter how you identify gender-wise, you can participate in any of the comeuppets that goes into either of those styles of performance correct and the thing yeah yeah there's actually there's a couple um assigned female at birth drag queens out there um but uh, we could go on the topic of how rupaul is kind of uh rupaul got himself in some hot water baby this is entertain this we encapsulate all things entertainment so please (laughs) spill the spill the rupaul tea (laughs) So if you're uh, RuPaul making rules about drag queens, um, you probably don't want AFAB women or, hold on, AFAB people doing drag queen, but that's just like a RuPaul. But also RuPaul doesn't like trans women doing drag, so. (laughs) Yeah, he was quoted as saying, like, I only want assigned male at birth people, like, on this show. Yeah. People Mm. were like, what? Like, yeah. You don't get to gatekeep an entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing that I found really interesting from what you had said earlier, Hattie, was that, like, drag king and drag queen is just encapsulating, like, the different, like, gender aspects of what you want to emphasize. And that's something I've never heard before. Yeah. It's, it's really just about the admiration and exaggeration of, the gen- of genders. Yeah. And then you also... There's also this in-between, like, I don't really, I play around with drag king stuff every once in a while, but it's it's spelled Q-I-N-G, so it combines king and queen, and a lot mm. of non-binary people use that. Um, I don't know how to pronounce that, so I will not be using that. <laughs> I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just say I dabble in drag sometimes, you know? Drag but, um, wing. It's yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. But there's like there's like different ways, like yeah, it's it's a wild world, you know? Like you can yeah. do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, cuz yes. like the way that it's it seemingly to me at least is like presented in like media and anything really is that traditional male like assigned at birth uh mm-hmm. presenting as like over the top femme uh mm-hmm. and that's like all I've ever heard of. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of kind of destructive stereotypes around drag racing that, like, you have to be a man who was, you know, identified at birth, and you have to, like, be, um, you know, uh, LGBTQ, and I don't think any of that's really the case because it feels more like it's an open community where anyone can partake if they wish to. it is open. There aren't a lot of people who are hetero who do drag. I mean, us as the Alphabet Mafia are open to it, but it's, of course. But you have to do it. The like, Alphabet Mafia is so good, mafia. actually. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on TikTok. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I, get, I do not have an original thought. It is all from TikTok. Um, it's new to but us. There is like this this strong like pervasive mood now of queer culture being like a whole fucking thing Mm -hmm. with like all these assets and you know dragon burlesque are a big part of that oh yeah definitely i would definitely also say tiktok has helped 
move that culture. I would say we've always had the culture, but we haven't had it um, as public as it is. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Like it's not as it's more digestible for um, the public eye. I don't know. Is that a way a good way to phrase it? I don't know. Yeah, I well, think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you watch a movie like Paris is Burning, and you see mm-hmm. the drag culture being almost like a place of fear sometimes because of the police, because of the AIDS yep. crisis, and we've just come such a long way from that that there's like so much joy in it now i mean recently there was almost like being reclaimed what was the movie that Mm -hmm. came out on netflix maybe last year where it was a bunch of uh dolly parton impersonators (gasps) dumplin dumplin oh no dumplin's different no yeah it's not you are thinking of dumplin it was dumplin yeah no but they're not dumplin has queens there are queens who do uh dolly parton numbers oh that's right yeah I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. And one of the that a moment. <laughs> one of the uh, like protagonist's main uh, sort of emotional support comes from the confidence given to her by one of the queens, which is like a huge part so of it. True. It's and it's one of those movies where, like you said, we've come to a point where society finds joy and comfort in drag, which is something that we couldn't have said so long ago you know yeah i hate to say this but i would will give rupaul that so okay so i'll give rupaul that that <laughs> rupaul has made it more digestible for people who mm-hmm. otherwise want to be exposed to it also um side note i am from central kentucky and if it hadn't have been for rupaul's drag race i never would have gotten to see a drag queen when i was like in high school or middle school, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So thank you, RuPaul, for that. For that. But RuPaul, else. change your shit, yeah. you know? Right. Like, <laughs> it's like the way that Ellen normalized, like, gay women dancing lesbian. on TV, but she's also a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, Ellen, get it together. Same hat. <laughs> yeah. So, so kind of getting into the culture um, around just you know burlesque and drag in general sort of an ask the experts segment is there any kind of like background that you could fill us in on about drag and burlesque and just like its introduction into popular culture is obviously rupaul but like even before that because rupaul didn't start drag um so so kind of the origins um actually our friend show um well not friend show but the fringe festival yeah. um introduced me to an individual named William Dorsey Swan who is the first credited drag queen in America wow. and they're from like the 1800s wow. and died early 1900s um so that's like one of the first recorded drag queen drag queens and he um, was a and, slave. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, that show that show was very informative. It really um, was. So there's that one. Um, burlesque, I honestly don't know the origins of it. I'm really sorry. I know it's been going on for a really long time. Like, you can date it back to Josephine Baker, um, who was a burlesque dancer and actress and did all kinds of shit. She's amazing. Um, I think... Was she a spy? I might be getting her confused. I think she might have been a spy. To Google. To Google. Check out Josephine <laughs> Baker. She 
but I just I don't know what the origin of burlesque was. Probably like the first and shit. Yeah. The first black woman to star in a major motion picture. Wow. Work. Yeah, Josephine Baker is who, incredible. There was That's a amazing. burlesque performer who they based the character of Betty Boop off of. That's like a huge story about like whitewashing and not allowing for mm. people of color to be um, properly portrayed in like 1930s, 40s era cartooning. Right. I feel like I've heard of this, but I cannot think of it off of the top of my head. Totally fair. Yeah. I mean, um, I thought. But yeah, there's a. It's been a long history. Just. It's just like a fancy way to do stripping. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. It's it's very similar to the vibes you get from the shows in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, even though those women are wearing a lot of clothes, you can see their ankles and their cleavage, and you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's I mean, all they got. <laughs> I mean, if we're going with that, you could probably track, um, trace burlesque back to even, like, can-can dancers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, it's been going on forever. It's just been called different things, you know? A cursory Google search says burlesque originated in the 17th century. Uh, from Italian theater. Italian uh, it was like theater. a type. Of course, it's yeah. The which it, it was a uh, it was a type of comic interlude uh, where burla means a joke or mockery. Uh, and yeah, so burlesque often, just means like a mockery a sexy dancer, joke. <laughs> a sexy <Yeah. laughs> joke, which makes sense because if you see like traditional burlesque dancers, they're usually like funny in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, They've got some kind of shtick. Yeah. 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 It's My like shtick I'm is stinging. No. But. <laughs> and St- the pasties. You're st- mm. Yep. Did you say singing or <laughs> stinging? Did I mis- mishear you there? Singing. Singing, not singing. stinging. Yeah. Not stinging. Not stinging. Okay. No, no, no. Unless. <laughs> Unless they're into it. <laughs> I'm not. Oh. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. Going back to pasties, though, my favorite <laughs> thing about burlesque is figuring out how to make something into a pasty. And my favorite thing that I've done is tiny cowboy hats. Incredible. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> tiny yes. cowboy Was it hats. Fabric tape that finally did it for you. Carpet tape. Carpet tape. <laughs> oh, you gotta, you gotta get creative. <laughs> that sounds yeah. so painful. It's really not when you're when everything is just sweaty. Like it's just like all right, straight, slicks put off some tape at that point. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, that's wild. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So there's been a lot of um, both burlesque and drag, and we kind of touched on this before. But like in popular culture, like I think of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, was a good was was a, a prominent figure I think in the 90s even before RuPaul kind of sunk their uh, claws into drag and made it their <laughs> own but um, well, RuPaul has been a drag queen for a very long time like they've been a drag queen since the 70s wow. they just haven't always been so famous yeah they were in they were in a movie called but I'm a cheerleader and that was from the 90s so they've been making movies since at least the 90s and I'm pretty sure they've been a drag queen like 70s early 80s like they've been on the scene for a long time the Hedwig movie with John Cameron Mitchell came out in 2001 wow I know so 
RuPaul is an elder queen. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy talking about queens as though they're wizards, so they can reach a status of like elder queen. Go to the elders Elder and, queen and the high seek, seek counsel from the elder queens. Only they will. Yeah. And then the council the is like RuPaul, Jay from America's Next Top Model, and like yes. Demi Lovato. Why, why Demi Lovato? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've been a guest judge on Drag Race. That would make sense. I could be wrong, I, but I'm pretty sure. I'm just sure. <laughs> wondering what their um, actions to lead them to elder queen status was. If any. Oh, Demi? No, that's just, like, a thing that they do in America's, um, or in RuPaul's Drag Race, is they just like to have, like, guest judges. No, I get that, yeah, but, so but you assign Demi them... would be a guest... Oh, a guest yeah, elder Yeah, a guest queen. elder. Okay. A guest mm-hmm. elder. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Honorary guest elder queen is Demi. Yes. <laughs> so, Although Demi's doing more of a drag king thing these days. Fair. For sure. So, Hattie, yeah. you had talked about being from, you know, the middle of Kentucky and watching RuPaul, was there mm-hmm. any other, like, um, popular uh, culture pieces that kind of inspired you in any way? Like, any other form of entertainment that sort of led to your uh, wanting to pursue this form of entertainment? Um, not when I was younger. It just kind of happened. Okay. So, but, like, when I was younger, um, so my mom swears she's not queer, mm. um, but... That's the best way any story I've ever heard has started. Yeah, but... my, mom, my mom is a heterosexual woman, um, but she introduced me to Melissa Etheridge, the Indigo Girls, Ellen, and when RuPaul's Drag Race came out, she was the one who was excited about it, and she... And we watched RuPaul's Drag Race together. Your mom's a lesbian. <laughs> Respectfully. I, nah. Nah. We, I mean, we're all a little bit queer, you know. It's a spectrum. Maybe at all. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, so she was the one who introduced me to all that. But me getting into burlesque, I just kind of saw Smoke and Queer show one day. And I was like, you know what? I could do that, which is wild because when I was younger, I never would have, like, shown my body. Like, even going to the pool, I would see dimples on my thighs, and I would, like, freak out. Like, and, of course, grew up in the early 2000s, so, uh, you know, that body dysmorphia shit was alive Mm -hmm. and well. Thank you, Kate Moss and Skinny Mm -hmm. Supermodels. Um... (laughs) And low-rise jeans. Thank you oh so my much God. for all that. May they never come back. <laughs> right. Please, God. I'm begging. <laughs> so, uh, going back to it, it's just, uh, it's wild to think that I was that type of kid who wouldn't show any skin. And now I'm like, yeah, let me just show my titties all over the state of Kentucky and Ohio. And you did have a pretty solid performing background already because, as Mm -hmm. insiders may know, Hattie has an education from NKU, such as Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, Yeah. So you, you already perform, you already do theater, and then you see these people that are just up on stage, like, unashamedly doing their thing, making people laugh, getting some dollar bills, and celebrating their own body. 
And yeah. that is a very powerful thing. I think a lot of it is about empowerment and body positivity. Oh, 100%. So, 100%. So for you, was it like something that you just slowly discovered over time about yourself and that like discovering that confidence? Or did you have like any particular moment that you remember that was like, oh, I get this now? Do you mean leading me to do burlesque or just like... Or like any moment where you felt like you had that confidence to be able to do that, where it's like you kind of left behind that bit of yourself from when you were growing up. Because like, Hmm. full disclosure, for me, I would love to have that sort of confidence, but like you said, (laughs) that body dysmorphia is fucking real. Like, I freak the fuck out whenever a shirt is just too tight in the wrong places, and it's just like... (laughs) I have breakdowns over it and it's just like I I can't imagine getting up on stage and doing something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. I used to I used to 100% be the same way. Um like but Okay, so with the burlesque thing, I saw it and I was like I could do that. Like I could see myself doing that. And then the first show I did, I didn't think I was going to show like go down to pasties. Mm-hmm. And then like of course, there was a costume malfunction. I was like, fuck it. We're just taking the bra off. Let's go. <laughs> so. <laughs> What's a live show without a costume malfunction? So true. Right? Like, <laughs> I had a really bad one at the beginning of June. Like, my pasty just popped off. I'm like, bye. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> It's like, oh man. And that's the last resort, too. It's like, yeah. That's like, that's the last line of defense. I luckily had a flag that I was like, I was trying to come out as non binary in this. And then, like, I luckily had that. And I was like, okay, a flag's going over the titty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's such a moment, though. You used a burlesque show to be like a coming out moment. Yeah. I don't know if I a lot of that. people know that or not, but like that was <laughs> that was the intention. That was a moment. That was the intention. <laughs> and instead, my titty came out. Like, right. why not both? Is my question. <laughs> exactly. Why can't both yeah. be celebrated? You know, in tandem. Yeah. Right. Oh, I love the word tandem. It's so good. <laughs> so. Um, so, go ahead. Oh, okay. So I would kind of want to talk more about smoking queers and how you smoke and. Oh. Just in case you're going to look them up later. There you go. Right, exactly. Thank you. Got to yeah. put a nice little plug. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, check them out there, there may be a large <laughs> section of the show devoted to them, but we'll see where the conversation leads. Um, I, want to, I want to talk about how you were uh, kind of introduced to them, what they what they do, who they are, uh, and how long they've been around and how they were formed and everything like that. So if you just kind of want to go on a tangent, <laughs> yeah, those, those are the questions I have. Tangent. okay so smoke and queer started in i think it was 2019 i think it was three friends were sitting around together and they were like you know what let's start a burlesque troupe so they did um so it's a relatively new organization yeah it's like three years old um hey there has been that's how old this podcast is Um, their birthday is April 20th, um, when it first, <laughs> 420, everyone. <laughs> hey, I didn't even realize. <laughs> um, yeah, so when it first started out, literally, there was hardly anybody that came out. Now we are 
constantly getting new people in. It's a large organization. A lot of people are associated. Leadership has changed. Um, um, right before quarantine, so I was introduced um, be- because of an ex. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> this person that I was seeing, that they were like, "Hey, have you heard of Smoking Queers? Like, you should go to one of their shows." So out of spite, because they were being a little weird, I went to one of their shows, and I was like, "Hey, you know what? I could do this." <laughs> Incredible. So, anyways, character. Um, <laughs> It was out of spite, 100%. Just kidding. I love doing it. It's, like, my favorite thing. But so sometimes then, we fall into things out of an act of spite. Right. And <laughs> I love doing shit out of spite, let me tell you. <laughs> yep. Um, so, <laughs> so then 2020 happened. We had this. It was called our Slumber Party Show, and it was a big production. It was amazing. It was at Urban Artifact. And... Um, then March 2020 happened and everything got shut down. Um, so that really was a challenge for us because we had all this momentum, like we were growing, 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 had these huge shows, had so many things in, um, in the works, and then everything just came to a stop. So then we were like, what are we going to do? And we made a video uh, show for the uh, quarantine season. Right. Yeah, and then Texas Annie was actually in that. Like the, uh, there's a Moan Ranger rap that was featured. Yes. A um, music video. Yeah, yeah. and it was featured well in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that happened, and then 2021 happened, and we were back in action starting last June, and yeah, and it's just kind of been growing ever since. Um, Smoking Queers introduced a Drag King Night. It's the only Drag King Night in Cincinnati. Work. Um, and we have it every other month at Good Judy's. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you have um, a few venues that you kind of go between. Yeah. So we, um, our home base is Mixwell's of Northside. Um, Drag King Night is at Good Judy's. Good Judy's is just too small for our burlesque shows. Mixwell's is honestly too small for our burlesque shows. <laughs> we bring in a lot of people. It is absolutely wild to see. Like, the energy for a burlesque show is just, like, spectacular. Um, another tangent, too, well, not really a tangent, but, like, to connect the dots... When I first started with Smoking Queers, there were only, like, two burlesque troops in Cincinnati. You had Sin City Burlesque, and then you had Smoking Queers, and Smoking Queers was the amateur uh, group. And now there are, like, four or five troops in Cincinnati. Trendsetters. It's wild. (laughs) So we're, like, we're an amateur troupe, but we also do neo-burlesque, which is when I said earlier we do just, like, wild shit, like the bloody pooh bear like i was gonna ask if you'd classify bloody pooh bear as neo burlesque i'm glad that yeah. it does fit that description yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the more out there shit yeah we do we do weird shit and it's awesome but also we're the only um dedicated to like no not dedicated to specifically queer burlesque troupe 
all the others might have like straight people in them but ours is specifically queer it is a queer community it is here to help the queer community to bring people together that is what we do and you know speaking of community do you feel like you've kind of found a group of people like because you have this common interest obviously you already have like a gateway to conversation but do you feel like you've made like some real connections through this group oh yeah 100 percent um it's actually because of how many people who identify as non-binary are in the group it's one of the reasons why i realized oh hey i'm not (laughs) cis amazing (laughs) i am non-binary um and it's like because I actually came out late, too. Like, I came out 23. Um, it was after a really bad breakup with a dude. Um, and so I came out late. I didn't have the queer community that other people had developed who had came out earlier. Um, so this is, like, my queer community, my queer family, like, my chosen family. Mm-hmm. Um, I will... We have, like, a couple group chats, and I will literally just when life's hitting the fan I'll just be like can I rant to y'all today (laughs) (laughs) and just like start crying to them in the group chat like they're like yeah we've seen your rainbow pasty titties let's go anything." one of my cats actually banjo I got him from another performer so like there's just like all these connections it's it's a great little community and i'm really glad i found them that's so cool so you guys have a number of shows it sounds like some are bigger than others um Mm -hmm. is there like a so there are series right shows that are in a series so they happen repetitively um like maybe once a month or something like that but then are there also like big shows that you guys are like and this is our you know big show for the summer this is our big show for you know halloween or this is our big show for something or does it stay kind of in that series of shows that you guys do? Um, I would say we have some that are traditions. Like, our birthday show is a big show. Um, 420? And then, the 420 show. <laughs> um, and then we have a Christmas show every year. That's a pretty big deal. And probably our Halloween show. Because mm. <laughs> gays love Halloween. I don't know if you know this. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's Christmas for the gays. Yeah, it is the best day ever. Just something about Um, wearing a costume. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I would say those are our pretty big shows. And then I think we're going to try to do a Yeehaw show annually. Hey, that's your bread (laughs) and butter. And you will obviously be the star. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, I debuted my Yodeling. Yes. Is that? I don't know if you know this, is that, but gays love yodeling. Is that something that you could could do for us? <laughs> could we hear your yodel? I am, I am not going to yodel God bless. on this show Understood. today. I'm so sorry. But if you check out my TikTok, <laughs> yes. I was really. I have my yodel. Honestly, if you tried to yodel, you'd probably be so hot on the mic it would be impossible to exactly. actually play Blow it. Out the audio. so i appreciate no, you <laughs> not entertaining me with that because definitely would have caused problems <laughs> later on but you guys should definitely check yeah. it out 
Uh, we'll provide links yes. in the show notes to some the cool stuff amazing. that Hattie wants to yeah. provide us. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I've knew? debuted my yodeling. Nice. I get so many tips. I've done it twice now in Cincinnati, and each time I just get so many tips, and I'm like, what? what a, Why y'all like yodeling? <laughs> it's hilarious. We have a performer. Like, people, great time. We have a performer. People do not expect you to yodel. Yeah. Right. We have a performer who came from the middle of Kentucky and brought yodeling with them, <laughs> in case you didn't know, from the heart of Kentucky. <laughs> the good old bluegrass, am I right? Yodeling. <laughs> Honestly, I think that is my city's, mod, like, our little tagline, the heart of Kentucky. Aww. <laughs> so you're not wrong. Wow. <laughs> you nailed that one. Yodeling straight from the heart of Kentucky, brought to you by Hattie. Yeah. That's awesome. Very welcome. So, so my next question kind of wasn't was going along with the train of thought that I was leading down the productions of the shows that you guys do. So, if there are these bigger shows, what does it look like to put on one of these shows? Is it like you say about like your community that you guys are so tight knit? Is it like a group effort for like rehearsal and setup and venue and all of that, like funding? Or is it like you guys go your separate ways and then show up one day with your acts that you guys have all prepared? So when I first started, we did that. We did like a run through um, for the slumber party show. Um, But that was like a really big production. Like we had like a storyline going on and all kinds of shit. More like a cabaret at that point. Yeah, it was more of a cabaret style. And then 2020 happened and... Uh, we lost that trajectory, but now we just kind of like, all right, we're going to do this theme show, and then y'all just show up with your shit. <laughs> so we're back to that now. Um, Is there, like, but, a core group of people who run, like, the, the funding, the venue organization, stuff like that? There's one person who does um, all of that stuff. Um, we do have people who want to help out and, like, offer um, – help as needed but yeah there's one person who's in charge of all of that um and she is our founder um it's a lot to take on but yeah. i feel like we have some bigger shows like we did something for planned parenthood and then that one she definitely wanted more experienced um people to do that because that's like that's a big name you know absolutely so th- there are certain events where she wants specific people to do well i want to say specific people just like expects a certain level of performance Polish. ability yeah yeah i hope yodeling's on that list because it ought to be <laughs> <laughs> yodel is. is an instant in <laughs> so speaking of yodeling i had some the person from lexington reach out to me and they specifically wanted me to yodel they were like, Last we saw your TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I've like worked with them and they've seen my yodel and they were like, I want you to do it for the show in June because they had a country show in June. And I was like, that is the day of pride. That is Cincy pride. I'm not bringing my yodel in down to Lexington for that, but I'm going to take it down <laughs> this month. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, pack up. they couldn't have you for June, but yeah, pack up the yodel and carry yeah. it down. <laughs> just go on. <laughs> it's just it's a bandana tied to a stick. Yep, <laughs> you're right. I, I like to imagine the like packing that you have to do for that is just like holding up a like piece of cloth and just screaming into it and tying it real quick. Yes. Like I got it. 
<laughs> there you go, little, little. Okay, tight. <laughs> yeah. Nobody open that. It's awesome. That's the yodel. You can't let that go. You can't let the yodel That's out. The... I need that for later. Right. So cool. So, so it sounds like you guys thankfully survived the onslaught of what COVID-19 did for a lot of performing groups. When probably so many did not survive. Which is great to yeah. hear. Was it like different we, during that time? Like what were you guys, you kind of talked on how you guys did like a virtual show maybe to kind of yeah. make it through? We almost didn't survive. Um, like at the beginning of, I think it was 2021, we got this email saying like we had four people who were running it. Three of them left. Two went to LA. One just took a step back. And then on a, the other one was like, all right, I'm going to, I'll see y'all later. And then when we came back, I was surprised. I was like, oh my God, thank God I needed those groups so much. So I was very <laughs> thankful that it came back. Um, but yes, 2020 was a challenge. We did a one virtual show, um, which was interesting. A lot of people did virtual shows, like a lot of drag queens did virtual shows, and then a lot of other burlesque and drag king performers try to do burlesque or virtual shows, like Zoom shows and stuff. And it's just really hard. It's really hard to do. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's not the same. There, it's so much about the energy of the crowd. Yeah, it feels like you it's almost feed all. off of the energy of the crowd in these kinds of shows. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like. So for the Smoke of Queers virtual show, it was like a whole production. Like people filmed their own things and sent them in and they put them together. So like my roommate and I did a music video to in our living room that yeah. turned out amazing. Um, but so it was totally different than the Zoom shows, which you would have a live audience, but you couldn't hear the live audience. So that's like, because I've done open mics. Yeah, I've done open mics through Zoom, and I'm like, I don't like this. I, I'm glad I'm not doing this anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you gotta make, you gotta make, um, <clears throat> get your name out there somehow and keep going. But yeah. it was definitely a, it was definitely a challenge. And yeah, not having the audience there is just like, that's. <laughs> Um, so we talked before we went live a little bit, um, especially to Michael, because we were kind of talking about this concept of like getting a queer education mm-hmm. and like yeah. understanding the facets of the culture. We need that. So <laughs> we need that. I think <laughs> we should spend a few just talking about the essential pieces of media that any person any alphabet mafia member is going to need to digest if they truly want to know what's good and mm-hmm. like my number one personally would be the birdcage the movie the birdcage okay yes <laughs> it <Keeping> is <laughs> it's a great film so cute um it's nathan lane and robin williams they are a couple and um, oh. they run a like a drag burlesque club together. I remember and this. movie came out the year I was born. Yes. I have it's seen based... bits and pieces of this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's based off of a French film called uh, La Cage à Folies. Which became a yeah. Broadway show. <laughs> yeah, La Cage. 
Yeah, um, it's really good. Does that mean the bird? Also that means the bird cage media. in French. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen both. I can't remember the. I can't remember if I've watched the French one or not, but I think I have. I've seen at least parts of it, but yeah, both are really good. Um, another HBO fun Max, fact about. Yeah, <laughs> and another fun fact about the birdcage, um, the bar in Cincinnati <laughs> called <laughs> the Birdcage is named after the movie The Birdcage. Oh, nice. Gotcha. Yes. Check that out while you're in town. <laughs> Don't look for us, though. We don't want to meet you. If we wanted to meet you, we'd set up a meet and greet. Just True. Kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. You guys don't know what we look like anyway. I mean, this is a podcast. Uh, people run into me now, and they're like, were you in that friend show? And I'm like, like yes, yeah. I'm famous. <laughs> Thank you. That's so cool. Um... Let's see. So the birdcage, definitely. We already mentioned Paris is burning. Um, that's right, more that's of essential. like, yeah, that's a historical documentary about you know underground drag shows. Um, it's called it's called Ballroom. I wouldn't. It's not one hundred percent drag because some of it is trans. Like it's people are trans and they're going and they are dancing and they're dancing ballroom in Vogue. Okay, so, so that's an interesting distinction. Yeah, um, like. Is, is ballroom and Vogue a part of drag culture? Yes, yes, but a lot of that is definitely more of the trans community. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yes, it is a very excellent documentary. I would definitely recommend that. If, if I can... Um, pose... Sorry, if I can oh. walk you guys through where I'm at right now, is I'm desperately trying to get to the name of something that's on the tip of my tongue. And I could not get to it, so here's what I did was I remembered that one of the actresses in the original Broadway cast was on a TV show that I liked. So I looked up the TV show, went to the cast list, found her, found her name, Googled her, looked at what she's been in, and found it, <laughs> and it was Cabaret, and I used Liza Minnelli. You've embarrassed okay. all gay people everywhere. <laughs> but... I don't know. I can go on a gay tangent about cabaret. So cabaret. When I was at in case, I was gonna say is very burlesque. It feels (sighs) like if you need an example. You could definitely use that. Um, I was also gonna say there's a very. So when I was at NKU, I also studied history and I studied a lot about the Nazis. Uh, Don't ask me why. I don't really know. It was just a fun little hyperfixation I had. It's a thing that happens. Um, (laughs) So there is a scene in the movie version where they pan out of a hotel and historically um, there was a raid by the Nazis at that hotel because or actually it was a resort let me specify it was a resort and there was a raid of nazi uh generals and people and they were all just having a gay old time and this raid was like hey y'all are gay and we're exposing you and they pan out of that resort and it's a specific resort yeah so anyways a gay history with cabaret yeah so it is it's historically accurate (laughs) to an extent at least for that part that's very interesting Wow. Yeah, I love that. Um, but yes, Liza Minnelli is a icon. Yes, I love Liza. If we're gonna talk about gay icons, then obviously Liza, obviously Barbara Streisand, Cher, um, Lady Gaga, Cher, Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. I you. would argue Judy Garland because you know, oh, yes. Dor- friend of Dorothy. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the whole thing. Um, I guess if you don't know the origins of that, um, you know, back in like I believe like the eighties, they 
you know, when Judy Garland became like a gay icon, people would start saying that they were a friend of Dorothy Wink if they wanted somebody to know, you know, just between them that they were gay. So that became almost like a secret language. So, so wait, no, what, definitely Judy. <laughs> what made Judy Garland a gay icon? Well, it's just the connection of Dorothy. It's just, it's, you know, sometimes it's simply vibes. Why is yeah. Barbara Streisand a gay icon? She's not gay. Why is Liza Minnelli a gay icon? Gay. Well, I could have said Judy we Garland We just latch on Minnelli, to these right? famous, powerful women, you know? Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. And we just, like, make them a moment. Yes, Dolly. Oh, my God. Gaga. Dolly forever. Yes. I have, I, I have I a, a distinct monster, understanding absolutely. of the cultural icons that are, you know, LGBTQ heroes. Um mm-hmm. But Elton John, obviously. Oh yeah, Elton John. Brandy Carlisle, Brandy Carlisle made me gay. <laughs> <laughs> Elton John was I in the Country realized... Bears, so could we say the Country Bears? Because <laughs> I sure would like to. <laughs> if that's okay. Country Bears are gay icons. Put it in. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um. Let's see. What else was I gonna say? Beyonce, definitely um, Queen B. I feel like lesbians love Nicki Minaj, which we can go on a tangent about problematic Nicki Minaj. We should, but lesbian. I feel like lesbians attach to Nicki Minaj, and another one that is surprising that lesbians attach onto Justin Bieber. <laughs> Maybe because he looks like a lesbian. I think so. Yeah. You know, you know how some boys just look like like lesbians. Yeah, yeah, and then I get well, disappointed that they're not a lesbian every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, though, is like he he was coming up as when Ellen Alex looks so confused. I feel <laughs> unsafe to speak in this conversation as a cisgendered straight white male. I just want an understanding of the culture so that I am not ignorant. This feels like if I, this feels like landmines for me. It feels like a tightrope. <laughs> This is a safe space. It's okay. But the internet is not. (laughs) I'm just here. I'm here to I'm here to absorb information and take it in and just understand. That's what I'm here for. And to assign the country bears as an LGBTQ icon. Thank you. Because I feel like like unarguable. I feel like this is not the first time we've made that statement as the country bears. (laughs) Probably not. I don't give a fuck. It's as true now as it was the last time we said it. Do you know what other um, Disney person that is like a gay icon? Is it Stitch? Oh. Stitch, is, Stitch is a non-binary icon. I don't Fair. know what anybody says. Yes, non-binary <laughs> icon. I love Lilo and Stitch. Well, that, absolutely, they tried to gender is, assign uh, when they brought well, up yeah, I was Stitch's say. girlfriend, quote unquote. Yeah, but yeah. We're talking about say, uh, we're he, talking about OG Lilo and Stitch. We're not talking yeah. about any yeah, sequels yeah, yeah, yeah. or spinoffs. Yeah. Um, but no, I was gonna say like uh, uh, Justin Bieber is probably seen as like a lesbian icon because at the time of him coming up, who was the most notable lesbian? It was Ellen. Oh my god! Like, and they had the same and hair. They've got the exact same hair, <laughs> very similar bone <laughs> structure, uh, yeah. the same like body type. Also, they were both being we ridiculed by straight too. white men almost unendlessly. So yeah. Mm-hmm. True. I will say this though: if you're a drag king, I. I love it when a drag king has Justin Bieber energy. Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what does that like, even mean? There's like a swag that comes with like men 
like pop men like mm-hmm. what am i trying to say men who sing pop music justin like timberlake is your justin timberlake oh uh, okay. they just have like a swag and like mm-hmm. this attitude yeah the boy band energy i exactly yes. like, i feel know, like harry, harry styles is who i want to be oh same harry styles yeah. is also like, a gay icon <laughs> yeah harry styles um, is a gay icon i feel like i feel like that, that pop I feel like that pop energy you're referring to is like a, a straight white male's ability to do a body roll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like being able to be like one yeah. of those. If you could pop that off real well, you got like you got pop energy. You got it. That's true. I feel to be fair, I feel like I've developed that mentality from Haley Kiyoko because Haley Kiyoko mm-hmm. has said a, a quote lesbian like icon. that. Okay. Yeah, she's lesbian Jesus. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank thank you. Yeah. We needed that context. <laughs> but she has um, she has actually said a quote, something about like comparing herself to Justin Bieber, or but I can't remember what the quote is. Just in terms of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also forgot about like Diana Ross. I'm coming out. Oh yeah. Oh, and oh, like yeah. Tina Turner. Britney Tina Spears Turner's maybe in, for a little bit. Definitely oh, Britney. Godney, yes. Um, Godney, another thank person you. too is Madonna. Um, Madonna, yes. Mm. If it wasn't, Madonna is one of those who, with the song Vogue, she. Come on. Vogue and the ballroom, underground, Paris is burning had been happening for forever, but Madonna with Vogue is one of the reasons why it was brought to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor uh, fought for the AIDS pandemic. Yeah. Dang. She was very cool. Um, who am I thinking of? Oh, f- fuck. I'm so sorry. We're just you got, you got a out. description? <laughs> We're not David editing Bowie. this out. This is live. Oh, yeah. David Bowie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. <laughs> of course. David Bowie. It's interesting. David Bowie forever. Because when we name these. And Prince. Like, these interesting, like, gender androgynous men. Yeah. Oh, I could go on a tangent so, about Prince. Like, Prince mm. was, like, a... Um, Oh, what was he was like this weird like not a weird religion, but uh, Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. And once he like started getting really hardcore into that, he stopped singing songs like Little Red Corvette because Little Red Corvette's about vaginas. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went down a weird path. He was on New yeah, Girl. Yeah, he's been down a lot of interesting. It wasn't. Yeah, New and he specifically asked to be on New Girl because he liked New yeah, Girl. Yeah, he loved it so much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Awesome. Can you imagine being like, hey, this is my favorite show. Can I be on it? And they're like, oh, my God, yeah, you're Prince. Could you imagine <laughs> yeah. being the writers of New Girl going, I don't know what we're going to do to up our game. And then Prince walks in. <laughs> He's like, I really want to be on your show. And we're like, yeah. Yeah. Write the right. episode. Do whatever you want. Take it also, all. Take my money. Take my car. So you should double check me on that uh, statement that I made about Prince because I think that's a fun fact that my parents told me, but I've never actually Googled it. Mm, <laughs> let's okay, fact wait. check real quick. While Chloe's <laughs> fact checking that, let's kind of wrap up by saying it's interesting how by going through these icons, we've kind of tracked the history of sort of the introduction of the LGBTQ community into the mainstream, at least in recent times. Because for a while it was so underground and sort of, you know, there was a, a way that America used to be that, specifically for us, because I can't speak on any other society, but where it was like secret and something that wasn't meant to be spoken about and tab- taboo in a way. But through the people who we've, we've been speaking about, it's been introduced into society. And because of that, now stuff like, smoke and queers can exist 
because the mainstream wants it. It's something that we're accustomed to and that we have a taste for, and now it's something that we enjoy, and it doesn't have to be something that has to be done in a basement. You have to be invited to because it has to be hidden from protest and from, you know, general violence, which is so awesome. We still get hate crime, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Definitely still happens. Yep, because some actually, people are party poopers, and they suck. Yeah. Talk about but, gay icons. If we want to talk about a riot, we could talk about Marsha P. Johnson. But Yes, 100%. And uh, what was her name? Sylvia? I can't think of her last name. It was two It was two trans women. It was Marsha, and I think her name's Sylvia. Sylvia something. Yeah. You were absolutely right about Prince, by the way. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. good. I'm glad that's a real fact that my dad, my parents told yeah. me. Yeah, everyone fact. in his life was like, what? Incredible. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's wild. That's a huge brand You're literally change. wearing a leather thong right now. Yeah, yeah but that's I'm because sure. it's all that was clean. It's laundry day. Don't judge. Anyway. You know, I feel like if, if things were different when Prince was coming up, he probably, or yeah, he probably would identify as non-binary because he just gives like non-binary energy and he discovered janelle monae and janelle monae is Mm non-binary yes i feel like prince was the first person to be like this is what gender fluid looks like yeah well when we get back (laughs) when we get back from this musical interlude chloe's got to quick this for us and who knows where it's gonna go so we'll be right back and we're back Welcome back, everybody. Still joining us, Hattie. Thank you for for continuing to follow along in this crazy train that we're riding. Uh, Chloe. I'm ready for my quickness if somebody wants to pull up a timer. You got a quickness for us. Yes, yes, yes. This is my current hyperfixation, so. All right. This is? We got you. (laughs) What I'm going to talk about. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Today... I would like to talk to you about a game brought to us by Peachy Keen Games and the White Thorn developers. It came out on December 15th of 2020. It is called Calico. It is available for the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PC, and Mac. I personally have been playing it on my laptop. Um, and it is basically a game that you move to this adorable pink saturated valley and you get a cat cafe and you are tasked with filling the cat cafe with the various animals that you find in the valley so you begin to explore and there's this magic in the valley that every animal is approachable so you start meeting little kitties and they're like oh hi and you can invite them into your cat cafe and then you start meeting dogs and then you go up into the mountain and you're like you meet a deer and then you meet a family of polar bears with like the little polar bear babies and all of these animals are interactable and discoverable and adorable so you fill your cat cafe and you meet everybody in town um there are a couple of like witches in town there are a couple of magical owl girls and there is a mage up on the hill. She lives in a giant fairy bottle and she accidentally turned herself half cat. Her name is Autumn. Um, and Autumn gives you a bunch of potions in the game. So like 
one of the potions turns you, your character, into a big hulking cat figure. Uh, one of the potions makes one of the animals, like, giant. And you can mount these giant animals and ride them through the valley. So, like, there's this giant hedgehog you can find that you can ride. Um, I personally enjoy riding my Arctic Fox mount. And you kind of, you help this valley like fulfill tasks you bake people their favorite things because your aunt used to own the cafe and like she would make the most delicious croissants so somebody is like could you make your aunt's old croissants that used to make my daughter so happy and um then you kind of unlock some other areas of the game like there's a whole city that's populated with both people and cats um and you like help the valley rediscover itself and achieve a bunch of tasks and the whole thing is like pink washed like every tree is a cherry blossom tree and um like you can dress up your little character and you can like furnish the cat cafe the same way you can in like an animal crossing or a stardew valley moment um and they are they're still working on the game it's it's still in development the creators of calico are working on this like big summer update where you're going to get to find snow owls and ride the snow owls through the sky um (laughs) but yeah that's that's kind of calico i didn't realize i would wrap it up so quickly but it is an incredibly wholesome game full of adorable animals and adorable little magic girls i want to say this chloe go ahead alex i want to say this not as a deterrer but more as a someday you will accept it and we will support you but this is big furry energy oh, fuck <laughs> mostly the part about that thanks the so. half lady half cat and the potion <laughs> that turns you into a giant cat person it's funny because you just run around you're just like a little cat dude okay hold on the furry community is not a sexy community it can be but it doesn't have to be that's not what i'm saying (laughs) you're justifying it more than i am so who's really that's because that's because if you do identify as furry i would still accept you and i want you to know that i'm defending you if this is the case i'm saying there's nothing wrong with it it just this is more evidence towards the cause why can't I just think that anthropomorphized animals are really cute? That's what furries are. And I just like their aesthetic. That is being a furry, is what you just said. I don't know. I feel like it's I so much know. more of a niche thing. Like, I don't wear a fur suit. I don't, like, wear ears and tails. We need a furry on this like, show. We need a furry on this show is what we need. We need a furry on this show to do a guest spot. <laughs> Y'all know any freaks? <laughs> Whoa. Hey, now. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, Whoa. no, no, like sexy freaks. Okay. They just have a, have a kink, yeah. you know? A fun... <laughs> no kink yeah, shaming. <laughs> Chloe, I'm surprised that Wait. you're not more interested in the game that just came out called Stray, where you literally Stray. Play. I was, was exactly what too. I was gonna yeah. literally Don't play. Don't get me wrong, I'm very interested. As a cat, and there are mechanics where you can rub up against. It's a world that is only I know, and you can do the scratch. It's only populated by robots, and you can rub up against them, and they like pet you, and you can find scenic places to take a nap, and you can knock things off tables, and there's a whole <laughs> storyline that goes along with it. I'm surprised that you're there's not in on that. I played Stray. There's also a dedicated so. well, out now. button. There's a dedicated okay, meow button. It came button. out like two days ago. Yeah, get on it. 
Okay. That'll be my next quick. We dose. need your expert opinion. Yeah. We need to know if it's if it's enough like a real cat that we should all give it time. We need to know if we should entertain this. Hey. Before we sign off, I want to give a moment to let Hattie sort of plug whatever they wish to plug. So, Hattie, you have the reins. Plug your TikTok. Plug your YouTube, or if you have one. Okay. Plug, uh, you know, smoking queers and all of that. Upcoming shows. Whatever you got. Here's your moment. So, my Instagram and my TikTok are Hattie Cincinnati. Cute. Cute. Yes, so cute. Um, (laughs) My next show in Cincinnati is July 29th at Mixwell's. Um, and then I'm going to Lexington on the 30th, and then I have no idea what the rest of my schedule is like, because I don't have it in my Google calendar right now. So true. But (laughs) I know those dates. (laughs) Um, so give Smoke and Queers, um, uh, follow on Instagram. Yes. Nice. And they post, like, showtimes and stuff there? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be super helpful. Sweet. So check them out. Check out Hattie. Hattie, you have been a wonderful guest, and we appreciate you coming on. Now for my spiel. (laughs) If you like what you listen to here, uh, there are a couple ways that you can support us. First off is you can tell two friends. If you tell two friends, they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on and so on, we'll have the whole world listening by probably the end of this year. I don't know exactly how fast you can tell two friends, but if it's fast enough, we get everyone. Uh, another way you can support us is if there's something in the realm of entertainment that we have not covered, then please shoot us your suggestions. We would love to entertain something that maybe we're not familiar with or just something that we didn't think to talk about. Heck, if you give us a good enough idea, we may bring you on the show as a guest spot, just like we did Hattie this week. Uh, there are a couple different ways you can reach out to us. Number one is you can go to our website, www.entertainthis.net slash et podcast. Scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a little questionnaire that you can fill out there. Or you can find us on Twitter. We are entertain underscore this. On Instagram, we are entertain this podcast. And on Facebook, we are podcast entertain this. And as always, entertain us so we can entertain you. And you can entertain this. We'll see you guys next Friday. Bye! 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 Special thanks to Hattie for joining us on this special episode of Entertain This. Additional commentary was provided by Chloe Price, Michael Savoya, and Alex Steele. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer with interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes and thanks for listening.